Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death, UFOs, and other creepy, Cults. weird, random shows. There you go. Yeah. Not uh, just naming things in the room. Oh my god. There's a cult of ghosts. Oh man, me up now? Yep. Hey guys, that was Cash. I'm Joel, and we're middle aged and mediocre. And this is part two, following part one. Remember that? Do you remember what the guy's name? Fucking Amish Jim. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I can't believe you remember that. So he was fucking yeah, uh, this was part two of our Amish Jim story. Okay, good. Yeah, your memory, man. What I can't was his name? It. It wasn't uh, really Jim, was it? No. Okay. No. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me really think here. You tell me. Let's do this. Okay. You just try to review the first part. <laughs> okay. What do you remember? Um. So there's this Amish guy, but he didn't like to work. Right. He didn't want to put up fucking barns and shit like that. Yeah. He wanted to like hang out in his little shop. Yeah, he really wasn't buying into yeah. the whole lifestyle. But he liked to get his wife knocked up. We didn't like getting her knocked up. Oh, actually. no. Okay, yeah, he didn't like the kids, but he liked the fucker. Because you remember he quit fucking her because he figured out oh, that's yeah. how that was happening? Okay, yeah, I do remember that yeah. now. He was, dumb we fa- he was dumbfounded the first like yeah. two kids, and then after the third one, he was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Happy Splat leaves the kids, okay. <laughs> oh, man, that is romantic. Uh, oh. His name was Edward... Edward Gingerich. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was like Ginger. Was yeah, redheaded. Which is now the only way I can picture him. Yeah, like I he, had, he hadn't killed anybody yet, though, right? No, he was no. like doing some shady shit. He's losing his mind. Okay. Uh, he married a lady named Katie, and like she's the daughter of one of the elders of the community, who is all. Yeah, they're all about the. Community Working. lifestyle, the yeah. um, the old ways. He's not. <laughs> um, he's he more new school. Basically, hates that he's married to her, and hates that they have kids. Hates his kids, uh, but he is losing his mind slowly. And his who is here is a, a Christian guy. Oh yeah, the Christian guy who was trying to get uh-huh. him to come over to that side of things. Uh, and the Christian. Um, and the Christian, apparently they killed people we went over last time. We did figure out if that at some point in history. If you didn't dig Christianity, and they were just like, well, then it's time to die. Yeah. Okay. That was a big thing for them. I just wanted to remind everybody. <laughs> it was a real big thing for them. <laughs> so they had a whole, they had crusades about it. Uh, so yeah, that's where we are. We left okay. off with him. Um, uh, she punched him in the face. Remember that? Like, he was losing his mind. They came to take him to the hospital, and he, like, grinned at her. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. she goes off and, like, punches uh-huh. him. And then he tries to, like, beat the shit out of her. I uh, do remember that. He goes to the hospital. He acts like everything's fine. And they let him go. They end up letting him go. And then, remember, his he goes to, he stands out on the balcony like he's going to kill himself. And his dad and brother come up in the buggy. He jumps off, and it's only, like, a 10-foot drop. <laughs> yeah. So he, he doesn't kill himself. Uh, and he, I think he takes off running naked. 
Yeah, I think that. Yeah, because we talked about that in the Will Ferrell. Yeah, and, yeah. And then his dad and his, or maybe we just added the part where he's naked because we thought it'd be a funny yeah. image of Will Ferrell playing. We love this guy. naked dudes. We love a naked Will Ferrell. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and then his dad and his brother go chasing after him in the buggy. Um, they grab him. They uh, put him back in the buggy and they bring him home. And that's where we left off. Okay. So, so he's that's been, our review. He's been visiting a, a doctor, Doctorell. Do you remember what the uh, doctors... Oh, yeah, giving him uh, molasses. Black molasses. Yeah, I remember that. And what else? What was his other oh. go-to? Oh, he'd rub his feet. <laughs> foot rubs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so black molasses and foot rubs is the cure-all for yep. Dr. Rell. Uh-huh. That and an apple a day will keep the doctor... Uh, oh, no, he doesn't... Away. No. <laughs> no he apples. does not agree on apples. No, no, sir. Black molasses and foot, foot rubs. rubs. Shoulder okay. rubs every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's real bad. And those things are not working for Edward. Edward, he's slowly still losing his mind. Hmm. So that's where we are. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to part two. Yeah, we have other things to talk about because uh, allegedly we are the uh, biggest USFL podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in America, that's what I've heard. Yeah. So that's the rumor going around. <laughs> Uh, we were the first ones. ESPN doesn't even have their games on their website anywhere. No. Like, look up watched, stats or anything. I watched Sports Center the other night, and they briefly mentioned that it existed. Yeah. And then they moved on. <laughs> so, but we. Oh, boy. We talked about it. I watched I watched minutes of action. <laughs> I watched the game today. <laughs> uh, there was a game today? There's been one so far. There's oh, man. another one tonight, and then two tomorrow. All right. So. Uh, your team, you're going with the New Jersey Generals? That was last week, Joel. Okay. Okay. You know, so they lost. Because like, New Jersey apparently was the team owned by Donald Trump whenever yep. they were around the first time. That's why I thought you went with them. Oh, because of my love for Trump. Big Donald Trump guy over oh, there. Huge. 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 <laughs> oh, can we talk about this revised? My dad's in town. Uh-huh. And he, he pulls, I pull, he's, he comes while I'm at work. So I leave my keys so he get into my house. And I pull up, and he's got Let's Go Brandon stickers on his car. And I go inside, and he's wearing a Let's Go Brandon hat. And he has a Let's Go Brandon sticker on his cane. Did you call the cops? I changed into my Obama shirt. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I, let's fucking, and I didn't say anything. We went out to dinner, like, hung out, you know, like, with my daughter. Uh, came back home, and later on, <laughs> he, he just looked over at me, and he goes, You should burn that shirt. And I just laughed uncontrollably <laughs> because I don't know if it took him that long to notice or just right. the fact that he had to say something because, like, you know, I just busted like his he balls. Like, he tried to be okay with it and he just couldn't anymore. <laughs> yeah, he just couldn't. Yeah, he just kept looking this at it. This son of going to wear Obama's shirt. But it's good having him in, but, you know. Well, I think, as, I think as soon as you pulled up and saw the stickers, you should have called the police <laughs> yeah. and reported somebody broke into your home. <laughs> Come get him. <laughs> son of a bitch is wearing a Let's Go Brandon shirt. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I if I like the generals or not. Well, they lost last week to the. I might piggyback on your back. Okay, the Houston Gamblers. Yeah. Oh, I like them too. I just literally I was gonna. I wanted to piggyback. Oh, you just want to piggyback, right? Yeah, it helps me think. Can we do it after this podcast? Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. well, okay. afterward that'll be our. It helps me think, and then I'll think of a new team. Okay, that'll okay. be our post show. And that activity. is a ruler in my pocket. Well, also your penis. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's tape. To my penis, the ruler. Oh, that way you can just always tell people how. Okay. So last week, the Generals lost to the Birmingham Stallions. Yeah, they were up the whole game, though. Yeah, but it was a very low-scoring uh, like, affair. Yeah. 
the Houston Gamblers beat the Michigan Panthers. Good. The Philadelphia Stars beat the or no, lost to the New Orleans Breakers. And the Tampa Bay Bandits beat the Pittsburgh Maulers. There's no way to verify any of this information. No, it's really hard, actually, to. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and uh, believe you. Our picks last week, uh-huh. uh, we both went 2-4. and four. Oh. So we're probably not going to do any more picks, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Because we've already missed one game. We're the number one USFL podcast in but, the so world. So you only watched a little bit of it? Yeah, I didn't watch very much. I actually watched quite a bit. Uh <laughs> I went over Easter Sunday to my grandma's, uh-huh. and as soon as we finished eating, I went in and watched two games. <laughs> or I watched one and you a half. You made her games. turn off her programs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're watching USFL, <laughs> Grandma! It's for my podcast! No, she was, uh, she was just very confused about <laughs> who these people were, but yeah. she loves football. Why isn't there anyone in the stands? Yeah, yeah that was a. <laughs> Is this a practice? But they had, like, the drone. I did see that. I mean, it was a pretty cool presentation. So, yeah. So, I ha- I do have uh, a few thoughts. Like, there's just so much going on. Uh-huh. There's, like, everyone's mic'd up. Yeah. The players are mic'd up. The announcers are talking. The coaches are They're, mic'd like, up and talking. them on the bench. There's interviews happening. Um, I This week, the first game today... It should be called the ADHD USFL. <laughs> it would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> they did seem to figure out how to, because last week the announcers kept talking over the coaches, like when you could hear the coach talking, yeah. calling plays. Uh-huh. The announcers would just talk over it. So I was like, well, why do we have all of this if you're going to just everybody's talking at once? Yeah. So this week they did seem to like they figured out, hey, maybe we should not talk as much over this. Uh-huh. So they seem like they've already kind of fixed that. Uh, there was a, probably because of the email you sent. I say I keep send sending a them. Strongly worded email. I say keep sending them. Uh, I have to be the only one they're getting emails from. <laughs> like, guys, we got an email. <laughs> like they gather everybody up around. We're gonna do anything this guy says. <laughs> uh, apparently, there was some issues. Josh, 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 with the football itself, they put like a chip in the football so that it has this like uh, barbecue, like a barbecue chip. Uh-huh. So that way, they can get the best flavor. Yeah, from the, the losing the team has to eat it. Yes. The losing coach has to eat the barbecue chip. Mm, barbecue. The one guy got fired. Did you see? Uh, so before. Yeah. Before I saw Ma- Pat McAfee starts, talking about it. Yeah. Like the, the most interesting thing they're doing right now is before the actual game start. I would get fired too. On a Saturday. Uh, <laughs> the first hour before the first it seems game. seems like entrapment to me. Is like a documentary of the season. They're going to yeah. keep doing it every week. Have uh-huh. a new, and it goes every week. Like they film throughout the week and then they post it like we're almost right up to the night. Like I think it's the night before. Yeah. Is that when they finish filming and they edit it all that morning or over the night and put it out that morning. So yeah, last week, the guy on the Michigan, I think it was the Michigan Panthers or yeah, the I Pittsburgh think... Maulers, one of the two. I mean, it was Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Because they lost the day and it was, yeah, he, f- they could have used them. Apparently, he came in, and the guy, like, with all the food, said something about they have chicken salad or yeah. some kind of, like, tuna salad or something. And he asked if that was going to be a problem. And the guy was like, I just want to get some pizza. And the guy's like, all we have is this chicken salad. Is that going to be a problem? And the guy was like, yeah, because I don't want that. Well, apparently, so they fired him because he was rude to this guy. <laughs> so this guy fucking, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. But they, so, had, they showed video of the, like the of the yeah. cutting too, yeah. So, uh, but I don't understand why they have um, different cities assigned to the teams because they only play 
in Birmingham. Oh, really? Yeah, every game for the entire season it takes place in Birmingham. I don't know if we can verify that. That doesn't sound right. So, like, other th- unless you live in Birmingham, there's no reason to cheer for any of these teams yeah. because you don't really give a shit. Like, they're not really from your hometown. Like, I think they should have went with the NASCAR route and had, like, sponsored teams. Yeah. I might just... Birmingham might be my team then. Did they win or lose? Uh, last week, they they beat your team last week. Okay. You, you were going with. So, there you go. They won, so they become your team. Yeah, that's how it's going to work. That's how, gonna <laughs> that's how it's going to work. So... <laughs> The they, Birmingham, uh, what's there? The Birmingham uh, cheese shakers. Cheese shakers. Okay. The Birmingham cheese shakers, because that's what Birmingham, Alabama, was really known for. The cheese shaking shakes. That cheese. Uh, let's see who they're playing. Your possible new <laughs> week two schedule. Uh, let's. All right, well, that's Joel on three. One, two, three, Joel. <laughs> uh, they play. The tomorrow they play my team. Oh, the Houston Gamblers. Oh, tomorrow both one and zero. Damn. So that's a big game right there tomorrow. Or no, that's game. tonight at seven. Tonight they do have the best player in the in the USFL though. Birmingham does. Uh, yeah. Is it Barry Sanders? Did he come back? Uh, no. Okay. No, oh. Jamar Smith. Yeah. So. Never heard of him. Yeah, he's definitely the best player in the USFL. What's he play? He's a quarterback. Nice. He actually was the backup. The starter got hurt. He came in and played awesome. So he's probably got the position you, now. You're an expert. I'm telling you, man. Big USFL. <laughs> sh- uh-huh. Big. Uh, the only thing I really don't like, like the biggest issue I have so far, yeah. is with them not having a crowd. There's really no noise, even though today's game they piped in crowd noise. Uh, which helps because at least feels like there's a game happening yeah. and not like practice. you're watching practice. <laughs> but last week, and I can still kind of notice it this week, but like I said, with the crowd noise, it wasn't as bad. But last week, the fucking buzzing from the drone oh. drove me insane. Like, cause all, Do you it, hear it now? Still kind of hear it, <laughs> but it might be bees outside. So. But the buzzing, make the buzzing go away. My grandma did ask like four times, like, yeah. are there bees in here? And I had to keep going, no, it's the drone. And then she didn't know what drones were. Yeah. So then I had to tell her about drones. And now she's afraid. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But that's the USFL. <clears throat> Tonight, Birmingham Stallions, your team. All right. <laughs> against the Houston Gamblers, <laughs> my team. Uh, and I'm definitely... Pulling for the gamblers here. Yeah, I'm pulling. For Next week, you might be a fan Italian. of the gamblers. I might be. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, that's USFL talk. There was big USFL show. Um, uh, we got. We've both been doing some things. <laughs> yep. I did the other night. Uh, what have I been doing? <laughs> well, you're you're going to be doing. Okay. Something. Okay. Yeah. So the other night, uh, la- it was last Saturday, a week ago. I did a episode of Tripped Up Trivia. With some of our friends, uh, Jesse Starcher, yeah, oh, I one know of the him. hosts. So they invited me on. It'll be out um, soon. I think we'll share it. Four people. I was one of four contestants. You want to take a guess of what position I ended up in? What place? Uh, <laughs> position. I mean, I can't yeah, put the word. Yeah. I'm gonna go with second place. You might be right. 
Oh, you might be wrong. Oh, you're not going to tell me. Not going to tell you. You guys oh. will have to tune in. Ah, oh, what a tease! You have to tune in and listen to see how how oh, I represented man. the show. Yeah, I think I represented us very but afterwards, well. Afterwards, you'll tell me, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Off, <laughs> off air. <laughs> Suckers. Uh, but it was magic themed. Uh, it's going to be coming out with like the release of the new Doctor Strange movie. Okay. So. Some real nerd stuff. Oh, it got very nerdy. <laughs> I mean, as a dork, I feel like it's okay for me to talk about nerd yeah. stuff. Well, as someone who thought they were a nerd, uh-huh. uh, on this, sh- like when I did this show, I was like, oh, I'm not, like, I would like to be nerd. Oh, so maybe you're third or fourth then. Uh, maybe. May oh. You have to listen. Those tears tell me fourth place. Or maybe, or maybe I did just... surprisingly well. <laughs> That's why you're crying. Yeah, because so, I was so good. <laughs> But uh, no, I think I represented well. Put uh, over the show. Um, I represent the show everywhere. That's right. Yeah, you have been doing stuff. <laughs> You've been out there in public, getting, getting getting recognized. Yes, by complete strangers. You were very excited. You texted me and told me about this. Uh-huh. So go ahead. Oh, I was, uh, I was at the toy store locally here, and there was a uh, person behind the counter helping out Tony. And I was talking to Tony, and then they were like. Uh, they're like, do you do a podcast? I was like, yes. <laughs> they said, middle-aged and mediocre. And I said, oh, my God, yes. But no, I was like, uh, I was just really, I was like, uh-huh. And I said, do you listen? And they kind of laughed and said yes. And I said, okay, thanks. <laughs> you just turned around and walked away. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, I think you handle fame very yeah, well. Yeah, I didn't really know. You just ran. <laughs> kind of did. You just... <laughs> You do listen? Oh, I'm then... sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if people like, would have expectations of me being like this kind of person right. in real life. Like if they just hear you, like yeah. what are they Like I'm just going to start picturing? talking about my pee hole. And... Yeah. You should have just laid some pee hole talk down. Oh, there is minors. She might. They might have been If they a listen minor. to the podcast, they are, <laughs> yeah. they are well aware of the pee hole talk. But thanks, man. Person. Yeah. It is cool. cool. It's weird. Lady, uh, I haven't been. Rec- I haven't had anybody recognize me from the like. I've worked with people who listen, listen to it because no. I share it. Yeah, uh, but you like jam it down their throats. I do. <laughs> like you will listen, <laughs> or you're fired. But wrestling, like it was always weird when like you're out in public uh-huh. and somebody is like, "Hey, Cole Cash," and I'm like, "I don't want this. <laughs> I don't want this headlock conversation to happen because it's never fun." Headlock. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's not not. Fun. I mean, yeah, it's nice. It was cool though. It's just weird. I did text you immediately. Yeah, you were still running at <laughs> you. Yeah. He's gotta hear about this. Well, I just wanted to hold it over you. No, I wonder. So did she recognize your voice then? Oh yeah. I mean, I probably my laugh. Say so that or like, because uh, like the picture on our logo uh, pretty yeah. well shows us yeah. off. I had my face with me. Was zombie? Yeah. Are we zombies in the thing? I don't think we are anymore. Or no, our heads are on pikes. Yeah. But uh, I was pretty high, too, and I was in that weird mall. I don't know, like, if you get into a mall mode or, like, a shopping mode where, like, I kind of – I was shopping Easter stuff for Lily. Mm-hmm. So I kind of – and there was, like, it was 7, they closed at 8, and I was, like, in a pretty serious zone, you know, trying to get this shopping done. Mm. And then when she said that, it just kind of threw me off. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, no. You know, I don't always want to be the podcaster, Cash. Right. Sometimes I just want to be a regular person. I can't be the celebrity all the time. I understand. <laughs> it's my laugh right there. I'm sure I laughed at something stupid. And I kept talking about Sting. He has a lot of Stings in there. If it wasn't one Sting, it was another. 
I hate you. <laughs> Thank you. I hate me for laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just in there, like, because if I go to the mall, uh-huh. which is once every seven years, <laughs> about so, that, yeah. Uh, I know the store I have to go to, like, cause there's a, always a, a specific purpose. Yeah. So I go directly to yeah. that store. Uh, then I get the fuck out. <laughs> That's how so. I was like, I'm going to do the toy store and then GameStop. And my God, GameStop? I thought I was going to be late here because I bought something and it took that long. Would you like to sign up for our GameStop program reward situation? Like, I'd have to wait for the guy to go, no thanks. Would you like to donate money to uh. this, blah, blah? No, I just want to buy this stuff. Would you like to buy a replacement plan for two dollars? I could, buy, and I wanted you like I don't want any of this shit. Like I just get I so want these tired things of it that I have sat on your counter, and yeah. that is it. Can I just pay for these and go? I'll pay extra if you just ring me up. Don't say anything to me. Like, is there like a special like pass or something I can wear so you know that I don't want anything else? Like I like you can't just buy shit anymore. Right. Yeah, it's oh, just, sorry. You do like a ten dollar. Monthly <laughs> thing, and then every time you go in, oh yeah, there's that guy. Okay, like they gotta like they can't just ask if you because if you sign up, then you can save twenty five percent over the next year. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I won't be back for a year. I didn't know GameStop was still open. Yeah, I thought they'd close down. The only places I go in the mall are the toy store or the or the bookstore. Yeah, I don't try to venture anywhere else. Uh, Food court every now and then. Too much happening. Holla Pizza Place. Movie theater every once in a while. Movie theater, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, the mall is a nightmare hellscape. Yeah. So, no thank you. And that's why I was in that mode. I went the other day just uh, to buy... Uh, I can't even go without Jason getting recognized. I know, so you... <laughs> Jeez. You're going to start wearing like a hood pulled up over... But I, see, that's why I was talking the bike. It's not even my looks. Like, should I talk with the British accent? There you go. <laughs> I don't there think I was British, but I made Mike laugh. I did like we were in the mall, and I just kept talking with the weird accent. I was like, nobody will recognize me now. You should just refuse to talk, <laughs> or I could do that. Yeah, just write everything down. Like, wear like a chalkboard around your uh-huh. neck. That says, don't ask me any fucking questions. I'm not the guy from the podcast. <laughs> Ring me up. <laughs> Give me my goddamn price. We'll get you a t-shirt that says, I am not Joel from the podcast. Yeah, okay. Thank That'll you. That'll work. I think I'll take care of all of this. Oh, yeah. You'll never be recognized again. Good. That'll Good. teach you. <laughs> well, you also have the other thing that you do that you can get recognized from. <laughs> yeah, comedy. We're here right now with Joel. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Joel, here you're a real funny guy. <laughs> Yeah, Tell us a joke, Joel. Oh God! Tell us something funny, Joel. Oh fuck! Well, how about um, how about this? Uh, this how about war, this, Joel? The, the slap. Did you guys hear about the slap? <laughs> oh, big things coming the out of the Oscars. Biggest hit Will Smith had. In hey, a long time. Baruga. <laughs> All right. So morning radio is done. Stop. I would, I, love, I would love to hear you on morning radio. Oh, I would be bad. You would just be so like. <laughs> It would be the because you would do exactly what you just did, where you're just yeah. like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> oh, please stop talking, and I'll just get my information out. But reluctantly, I'm coming back to comedy. It's been <laughs> it's been since December that I have even to promote. done comedy. Well, it's been a while, so come on out. It's going to be May 14th at the Quality Inn. It starts at seven, and it's uh, it's a benefit for our buddy Will, a uh, fellow comedian that unfortunately passed away last month. It's going to go towards his uh, his son, who's like really good in football, and that's they just moved to North Carolina or South Carolina one, but he's like 
really good, doing good things in football. He's got, you know, his girlfriend they left behind, so it's a benefit for them. Okay. And, uh, well, it was a cool dude. He came over and played chess with me before he moved. He was, uh... Always really opposite of me, man. Just like, he was real like you always wanted me to uh, try comedy on the Oculus because he did that. He did a bunch of shows oh, on the Oculus right. and he kept trying to encourage me to you do should. that. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to try. So it is quality in where in Marietta, Marietta, Ohio, seven hundred Pike Street. There you go. 7 p.m. The question mark according to this flyer. So we might get crazy because it's a uh, it's comedy and karaoke. One question mark or two question marks? Only one. Only one. All right. Well, I would have gone with three because anything goes with three. three. Too. Yeah, you're gonna see some butthole. With your right. Three question yeah, marks. Right. You're gonna see you don't three buttholes. You don't know when it's gonna no. happen, but it's gonna happen. Yeah, there will be butthole. I like to get it out of the way right from the start. It's a good movie. <laughs> there will be butthole. One of my favorites. <laughs> Uh, is there a cover or uh, it it donations? Says, it says uh, a suggestion of $10 okay. out the door. Give the $10. So if you want to be a prick and be like, no, yeah. technically it's a free show, <laughs> then I guess come and maybe just like buy some other shit, you know? Because like, I, I know they're going to be auctioning stuff off like with the raffle and stuff like that. Okay. You know, maybe it's my butthole you'll see. <laughs> maybe. Donate enough money. Donate enough money, and you'll promise not to show it. Yeah, that's, what, that's, what <laughs> so, that's how you need to... Your whole set should just be you threatening to show your butthole unless people start giving them money. I'll make everybody walk. <laughs> we'll would have wanted it that way. You see way. people go and lock the doors, and they're like, all right, everybody, here's the deal. Is count down the butthole. Let's see that money. Yeah, but that's coming up May 14th. All right, Marietta, Ohio. Marietta, about three weeks. So if you're in the area... Check that out. Check it out. Good hey, if you're not in the area, come on to the area. Make the drive. Yeah, make the drive. It's not that far. It's not. From wherever you are. <laughs> wherever, yeah, you're all pretty local. <laughs> Except for that one person in Australia, mate. You can come on over. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was something. That was a different, Thanks. different hey. voice. <laughs> that was a different voice of my own. Well, do you want to get in the story? You got anything else you can think of that you want to... I don't have shit. No more uh, Happy threats. Record Store Day. It is Record Store Day, which yeah. I did not know till yesterday. Mm-hmm. I picked up some vinyl. There needs to be like uh, commercials for it or something. Like, But or, would you see it if there was commercials? Probably not. I yeah. mean, I watch like I I watch sports live. Yeah. So they, they could, did a sponsored ad on Facebook. Did you not? You're no. not on Facebook a lot, though? No. Yeah. I'm only there to like promote things. <laughs> like the show and stuff. Stalk me. Stalk you. Yeah. Yeah. Those two things. That's my nightly routine is to check your <laughs> Facebook. I would have seen it then, I think. I did share it on my page because I went and helped out. And yeah, they always just pop up and I'm never ready for them. Childish Gambino and Zarface and... Is it Kawhi? Is that the Charles Gambino? Is that Probably. how you work? Kawhi? Kawhi or Kawhi. Kawhi. It was a cool little... The Zarface one looks... It is a awesome... Like, everything about it is cool. Yeah. Like, the... Packaging and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks like a comic book. It comes with the cards. So yeah, which that's, I th- that's fun. Which I think those cards. Uh, there was an old Marvel uh, card series, uh-huh. and the packaging made me think that they just use like it's that same style. Yeah. So if you do open them, uh-huh. I'm very interested oh, in I seeing will. them. I'll yeah. probably open them tonight. I didn't think you'd be able to resist. No. Like I said, Drunk Joel has <laughs> Drunk Joel opens all the toys and all everything. Well, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and hit a break. Okay, and then we'll come back. Ed, and get... 
Is that his name? Ed. Bill? Ed. Something gingerly. Ed Phil gingerly. Is it, is it really Ed? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's just end it there, man. We're not going to top it. I remembered his name. That's as good as it gets. Oh, man. We'll be right back. I'm a winner. <laughs> All right, we are back. So, yeah. I could tell from the countdown. <laughs> We're going to get back. That into... wasn't even on the air, and you did a count. Oh. Three, two. <laughs> I uh, gotta get myself back in the mind uh, frame. So yeah. we are going to get into part two part, of part duh. the Edward Gingerich story. Part duh. Part duh. duh. Uh, so as we talked about, Edward Gingerich, uh, an Amish fella, hopped up on molasses, hopped and up rubs. on black molasses, black strap molasses. Black molasses. I know what that is. Yeah. Uh, which I guess I should probably Google that while we're talking about it so much. It doesn't sound good. It's well, it's not helping him. So it's supposed to be like a cure what, what if he was be way worse without the molasses? Uh, it's apparently a plant-based food that's rich in iron. So it's often used as a supplement to treat iron deficiency. So, oh. I mean, for that, it's probably okay. good. So it's iron strong. He's got some good he iron. might have too much iron. Too much. What happens? Google that. What happens to you once? Maybe we it's just not good. It. Maybe we just fucking solved it. Too much iron in your shit makes you fucking crazy. Can that's going to be the, the, the official medical. Iron. How <laughs> say it again? How do you say it? Iron. Iron sounds like someone's name that like hosts the NPR show. Welcome back. I'm Iron. I'm Iron Jasper. <laughs> Today's NPR episode is about the wind and how it blows. So what happens when you get too much so iron? You can iron. get something called hemochromatosis. Okay. Uh, it's a condition in which your body stores too much iron. Uh, <laughs> Now I have a complex, but the way I say iron, <laughs> it could cause. Oh, I stop laughing. It could cause serious damage to your body, including to your heart, liver, and pancreas. What could cause serious damage? Iron. Oh, okay. Too much iron. How do you say it? Iron. 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 I no, it's iron. It's, it's iron. It's not I. I ran. Iron. 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 This is a great podcast. Like, like I earn Big money. iron podcast. Here. I earn money. Iron. No, it's like Iron. <laughs> iron money. This is going to be the end of it. All right. This is what splits us up. So, yeah, he is... Uh, that was a jet plane going past the studio. <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, that guy's dick must be so We're pretty high big. up yeah. in, uh, <laughs> in a pretty big building where we record. That guy had big old balls. He had to show them off by flying by in his jet. Dude, everybody fly. This street, like, there's only... It's not a street. We're high up in a building. There's only, like, 45 feet <laughs> yeah, on this street. People fly, go, like, 80 miles an hour down it. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get back to Ed. So he's not I'm doing sorry. well. Yeah. Um, he hates his life. He just wants to work on, like, mechanical shit all the time. Uh, he doesn't really buy into the whole Amish way of life. He's kind of leaning towards Christianity because of this dude that's in his ear about it. Uh, I mean, honestly, that's natural stuff, though, too. Like, I'm not yeah. into religion and stuff, but I'm always questioning, like, what else could make my life better. Or, yeah, I, well, I know. mean, the things he's going through is not like a... It's just, it happens to be Amish things. Yeah. Uh, and he ain't about that life. And that's he's cool. been in and out of the hospital for this kind of stuff. He's uh, been in and out of Dr. L's office for this kind of thing. Uh, we was, need more foot rubs. Yeah. Rub his tummy, damn it! Tommy's a good boy. So where we left off, he had jumped off his roof. Um, 
He wanted to kill himself. He skipped off. It was only 10 feet. Yeah. So he was fine. Yeah. He, like, stepped off, basically. His dad and his brother caught up to him in the buggy. They bring him back to the house. So, following that, he is taken back to Dr. Terrell's for another jar of blackstrap molasses <laughs> and some joint manipulation. Oh, yeah. So, uh... I don't know if that means like a hand job <laughs> or what, but he's you know moving on from the foot rubs. But I'm scheduling myself for a joint manipulation. So we are now May fifth, nineteen ninety two. Ed wakes up and he is in a frenzy. He smashes out a window uh, and starts running around the house like a madman, chanting religious verg- verses to himself. Uh, Katie's mother gets there right before noon, begs Katie to go get Ed some real help. Um, because apparently Dr. L's help is not <laughs> helping. Wait, uh, Katie was starting to kind of lose her mind, too, because of all That'd this shit. be a lot shit. to deal with. Uh, she didn't want to send maybe she's Ed. Maybe she's sneaking into the molasses. <laughs> maybe. It's hard to resist. Her iron is too high as well. <laughs> the iron cheek. <laughs> the iron and Stimpy is just too much. Well, see, now we're just see, That's how things. you say iron. Iron and Stimpy. Iron. And Stimpy. we got to stop saying Iron. <laughs> okay. So, because I know you're like, it's a real word now. Uh, so everyone's going crazy. Yeah. So well, she finally, Katie finally says, okay, like Katie to her mom. And, Ed. and they take, uh, they agree they're going to take Ed to the Jones Memorial Health Center in Jamestown, New York. Molasses free since 1876. <laughs> That's right. That's their, you know, you wouldn't think you'd need to say that. <laughs> I but, know. So by four o'clock, everyone except Ed know Knew that uh, someone was on their way to transport. Oh, it was 420, dude. <laughs> Almost. We didn't talk about that. No, we 420. Missed, yeah. yeah. It seemed like a big 420 year. Uh, like, it usually just kind of comes and goes. Uh, and I noticed there was a lot of talk. Yeah. I don't talk about too much. I, I just, just think I everyone's to the point where there's like, we need anything. <laughs> like, we just want to talk about anything positive. Uh, there was less, like, less people, like, talking shit about. Used to, you always would see, oh, it's everybody like pretends to be a stoner. Talks yeah. about, there was less negativity this year. Good, we need less negativity. I feel all like, around. yeah. Let's... So, uh, <laughs> four twenty for life. So Ed's father knows. Hey, when this guy gets here to take Ed to the hospital, it's not going to be. Yeah, Ed's not going to go quietly. Ed's, yeah, he will not go quali- quietly into that good night. <laughs> So, uh, Ed, or Ed's father and two of Ed's brothers sneak into Ed's room where he's sleeping on a cot, and they tie his arms and legs together. Uh, so he wakes and Kinky. He's, he's tied up, and he loses his shit. Yeah, I mean, what would you do if you were right. coming here tied to the bed? <laughs> yeah, I would be uh, very upset. The first three or four times, you get mad, but then you're eventually like, mm, you got me again. Yeah. <laughs> Like you start to get mad at yourself. You're like, I can't believe I got tied to a bed again. Uh, so they hog, you know, they basically hog tie him. And then when the guy gets there with a the van to take him to the hospital, like there's four people dragging him out to this van. God dang. So it takes them about an hour and a half to get to the hospital. Uh, Ed falls asleep while on the way there. So uh, Ed wakes up when they get there. He says nothing as they unload him and. Uh, they go inside to the hospital. They get two people from there in you know white coats. Uh, the people that come out of the hospital are like, "Why the fuck is this guy hogtied yeah. and laying on the ground?" So they order Ed's family to untie him, 
Uh, and so they do. Ed gets to his feet, and he walks inside the hospital. Oh, I think he runs off. He's just, you know, because he's doing his thing again. This is what he did the last time. Yeah. He acted like he was fine and everyone else around like him. he knows that he's got to just pretend to yeah. be normal for, you know, a little bit, and he'll hopefully get to go home. So he quickly gives up that plan, though. Oh. Because as they get into the examination room, uh, Ed drops to the ground and begins to run all over the waiting room waiting area on all fours. Uh, he knocks over an IV stand, chairs, tables, uh, pans full of utensils. Very bad boy. Yes, he's, you know, like an animal running yeah. around. So bad boy. the people from the hospital come in. Uh, there's like four of them. They all subdue him, <laughs> uh, pick him up, put him on the table. And within minutes of being put on the table, he's asleep. So he's having a rough he day. He wore himself out. <laughs> he he got all tuckered out, poor little fella. <laughs> So he sleeps for about a half hour. Uh, as soon as he wakes up, he jumps off the table <laughs> and starts ripping uh, medical appliances and cabinets off the walls. Uh, the staff, of course, run back in. The room is littered with glass, loose oh, wires, no. and hospital supplies. So he's forced once again um, down onto the table, and the psychiatrist administers 200 milligrams of an antipsychotic drug. So the doctor asks, what seems to be the problem? <laughs> what brings you in today? Uh, Ed replies with... On this chart, point to the, to the frowny face that best represents... Ed draws a whole new one. Yeah. Uh, so the doctor asks Ed, hey, what's, you know, what seems to be the problem here today? And Ed says, I've got a bad case of liver cancer. I saw a light so bright I thought it was in hell. Do you know my brother? <laughs> and then the doctor is like, no. And so then Ed responds with... Uh, when my brother flew, when my brother blew into Katie's cunt, I saw an angel fly out of her mouth. Wow, that's some magic. So, the doctor uh, is just kind of stunned yeah. at this uh, sentence. So Ed's given another injection, um, this time of a tranquilizer called Ativan, and he's taken into a small padded room. So he's denied visitors for the first week he's in the hospital. Uh, he's being regularly administered lithium um, and the antipsychotics. The Nirvana album? Yes. Uh, and he's subjected to numerous mental health and group therapy sessions. So by the eighth day, he's allowed to see his family. Uh, he seems to be pretty he happy. He says no thanks. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'll yeah. stay. Tell I said hi. So he seems happy with his family. He's talking to him and everything. And then... The family, though, learned that he's going to be released in two days. Oh. So, Katie is like, are you fucking kidding me? They're going to let him out of here again um, in this such short period of time. So, April, or May 15th, 1992, Ed leaves the hospital a free man. Uh, he has a bunch of prescriptions to fill, new uh, outpatient appointments to attend, all those things. Simpsons episodes to watch. Yes. <laughs> Lots of like stuff to catch summer, up on. He's like, it's almost Sunday. <laughs> Did you VCR video? Oh, they're Amish. Yeah, so four days after his release from the hospital, he once again stopped taking his medication, uh, and Katie once again was on board with this because she, again, does not believe in, you know. So She couldn't believe they are going to let him go after eight days, but then four days yeah. later, she's like, yeah, stop taking your yeah, meds. Yeah, makes sense. Uh -huh. uh, she felt like the medicine was not helping him anyways and that the English hospital had failed him once again. So in June of 92... Uh, the Christian man we've been referring to, David Lindsay, stops by. Uh, he preaches to Ed about redemption and urged Ed to free himself 
of the uh, Amish bishop and the lifestyle and turned to Jesus for salvation. So throughout the remainder of the summer, Ed managed to behave himself. He stayed calm and collected. Uh, WWJD, Ed! He seemed very... WWJD. He seemed very depressed, though, to everyone who was around him. So, Katie decides it's time for another visit to old Doc Terrell. Oh, maybe a little molasses is put a little pep in the step. Because <laughs> it's, it's always worked so well. Yeah. So, she'd completely lost faith in English doctors and felt that Doc Terrell was the only hope Ed had of ever having a normal life. What a dumb broad. <laughs> so. Is that a, should I say that broad? Dumb I mean, broad? you already said it. I did. And I'm not editing anything. Okay. So. <laughs> You choose your words wisely <laughs> on this podcast. Well, I mean, that was pretty stupid, though, taking back to this doctor. Yeah. I mean, how do you not and trust... she is a female, and abroad is also a term for a female. How do you not trust English doctors, but you're like, yeah, this guy with a black strap molasses <laughs> and foot massages, <laughs> he knows what's up. Uh, so winter approaches quickly, uh, and, you know, it's cold as shit, <laughs> so everybody's, like, just staying in... So everyone's kind of stuck inside together. Um, Ed had not... His health had not improved since the re- since the visit to Doctor L. Yeah, uh, he was refusing to take the black strap molasses, <laughs> uh, which was pissing off Katie because she's a big believer in it. Yeah, she um, probably had stock in it. Probably, <laughs> it was Katie's black strap molasses. <laughs> so we should have seen this connection. So Ed's father felt like his son was a ticking time bomb, uh, and desperately wanted Ed and Katie to give modern medicine another chance. Oh. So on March 16th, 93, uh, following a long talk with his father, Ed agrees. 316. <laughs> it's 316.93. Dad's birthday. Uh, Ed agrees to see the another English doctor as long as they promised he would not be put back in the hospital. So that evening, Ed's father arranged a meeting with Ed's brothers. They lied to him like how you lie to a dog. Yes, yes. <laughs> Come on, we're going to the park, Ed. <laughs> uh, we are going to the park. So the dad meets with the brothers. They discuss what they should do. The name Jacob Troyer was soon brought up by Ed's brother, Danny. He was a 46-year-old Amish man um, and rumored to be a special healer. So Ed's father was a little reluctant, uh, but after his sons convinced him, they decided, you know, what would it hurt to give this a try? So the following day, uh, Katie's 29th birthday, uh, they have an English person show up to drive Ed and Katie and the family to... Dr. Troyer. Uh, what's his name again? Um, Jacob Troyer. So, uh, by the time they arrived at Troyer's house, Ed was not doing well. Uh, he had complained the whole way there that he was getting sicker and sicker. Kept saying the disease is so bad. So, they rush to the door. Katie runs up the door says, my husband is sick. This is an emergency. Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> as soon as Troyer invites them in, Ed... Drops turns to into his a knees. vampire. Well, he turns to a dog. Oh, okay. He, begin, he drops to his knees and starts crawling on all fours again. Did he poop? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Bad boy, Ed! Uh, as Ed's crawling around on the floor, he says, uh, this is nice. Talking <laughs> about the floor. Yeah. yeah. So he's tripping balls. Uh, Troyer's young son was making was a, his way upstairs when Ed ran over to him all of a sudden. Do I look normal? <laughs> he yelled at the boy. Do I still look high? Can you tell there's something wrong with me? Oh, my God. And so the boy runs upstairs. Scared that boy was me. <laughs> That's the real purpose of this story. Uh, I would have been 14. So Troyer turns to Katie and says, take this man to a hospital. He needs to be put in a mental ward. I can't help him. 
I'm done. <laughs> like, look, I'm a special healer, yeah. but for fuck's sake, lady. Uh, I'm trying to raise a kid here. So Katie begs Troyer to at least look at him. Uh, <laughs> reluctantly, Jacob Troyer agrees and leads Ed into his examination room, I assume by a leash. Yeah. Uh, a short time later, they come back out. Katie has a diagnostic eye card. I don't know what that means. And three bottles of herbs. Oh, so sounds like a video game. Yes, it does, actually. <laughs> so Ed stood next to the healer as Katie paid him $340 for the services. Uh, as the group made their way outside towards the car, uh, Jacob Troyer looks at Katie and says, Your husband has a mental problem. Take him to a hospital. I'm afraid of suicide for him. Whoa. Goodbye and good luck. <laughs> you don't ever want to hear that from a doctor. No. <laughs> good luck out there. Uh, during the ride home, Ed... Uh, grabbed his scalp, and exclaimed, Oh my God, my brain is boiling over. So at one point, Ed's, Sounds like a Monday to me. At one point, Ed's brother rubs Ed's feet, and oh. Ed drifts off to sleep. <laughs> the Amish, they really believe in foot rubs. Uh-huh. Like, that is like their go-to. I'm going to go to the Amish people <laughs> and get my fucking feet rubbed. Just walk in and be like, Hey, I got a headache. Yeah. I can use some attention <laughs> to my footsies. Hey, pretty sure that I got like uh, uh, the Edward uh, Gingerich disease. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty bad off. Can I get a foot rub? A little so, tug tug at the end, huh? Ezekiel, huh? Tug tug. Huh? Want, want to turn some butter, huh? <laughs> Why'd you turn into an anime? <laughs> so, on the morning of March 18th, 93, Ed was still in bed around 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, he's, of course, paying no attention to Katie or the children. Yeah. Uh, they head out for the day, and uh, uh, they're going to a wedding. There's a local dude getting married. Uh, Katie didn't even bother to tell Ed about any of this because she... Do you, dude, take this chick? She doesn't really want Ed... vibe with forever. ...around. Uh, so Ed stays at home. He has a lot on his mind, decides to visit his father to see if he can make... It could help him make some sense out of everything. Oh, I hope he doesn't kill his dad. Uh, Ed didn't knock as he reached the front door and walked right into the father's house. Yeah, Ed, that's how you do. Ed pulls up a chair uh, as his dad walks into the room. And as soon as his dad walks in, Ed looks at him and says, Katie's trying to poison me. So his father's like, Ed, everybody loves you. No one's trying to poison you. And he responds that's with... That's my chair. He responds <laughs> with... he, Even God hates me. It's my chemicals. They're all out of balance. That's how emo was started. That's how emo got started. This is the story of emo. Okay. Uh, So then Ed's father just pauses and then tells Ed, the best thing is to ask God to forgive you. And Ed says, God won't respond because I am possessed by the devil. I can hear the devil's voice. It's a woman's voice, not God's. I don't hear God. And then Ed's father says, you will if you listen for it. And Ed, I am listening, but all I hear is the devil. Oh. And then he leaves. What if God was mm-hmm. one of us? Edward Ginger, which is <laughs> on the bus. Uh, so upon his arrival back home, Katie informs Ed that there was another man on the way to take him to once again see Dr. L. Oh, God damn. Ed says, all right, uh, I'm fine with that. So they go once again. Uh, Ed, though, was beginning to hate Dr. L's <laughs> techniques and made no effort. You can only rub a foot so yeah. much. As he walked in the examination room, he says, if you can't cure me, just say so. Yeah. And Terrell replies, I'm giving you liver pills. Take the pills. 
Ed says, I don't want liver pills. Give me something stronger for my headaches. I can't go on like this. And Terrell responds with, drugs are not the answer. No drugs. Foot rubs and black molasses. <laughs> no drugs for you. Uh, with that said, Terrell massaged Ed's scalp and ushered him out the door Come with man, a bottle give you these hands. of liver pills. So, uh, Katie and Ed's brothers then took ta- took turns babysitting Ed throughout the day. Uh, that way everybody else could like have their chance to go to that wedding that's happening uh-huh. and the reception and all that. So... Uh, everyone except Ed had agreed to this plan, so they decided that they just weren't going to tell Ed about the plan until the last minute. So Ed's brother, Danny... That's the best way to deal with problems. Especially somebody with mental issues. Absolutely. Don't don't key them in. Yeah. Ed's brother, Danny, had been watching the children while Katie and Ed visited Dr. L. As their English driver pulled into Ed's brother's driveway, Katie invited him and his girlfriend inside for lunch. Uh, Everyone sat down at the dinner table. No one was paying any attention to Ed. Uh, nonetheless, as everyone began talking about the wedding, Ed blurts out, I'm coming with you tonight. And Katie said, you can't go, you're too sick. I have to go, Ed said. Why? Katie asked. It's the only way I can be saved. Uh, Katie said, no, we've talked about this, and you're not going, you need your sleep. And he says, I know who you are, you're the devil. <laughs> I thought Ed was the devil. Oh, he hears the devil, yeah, and it's a female and it's, voice, and it's Katie. Yeah. So, silence takes over the room. No one speaks for a few minutes. Finally, Ed says, there goes the moon right into the sea. So, uh, the English neighbors who drove them there didn't know what the hell was going on. Is that good? So, they left. (laughs) This is getting weird. Uh, So, once they leave, Danny, uh, Ed's brother, uh, takes everyone back to Ed's house. And as soon as they get there, Ed just says he wants to go to bed. Uh, he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He loves everybody. And then he goes upstairs and goes to bed. I definitely won't hurt anybody. <laughs> no, I I'm going to bed. Scout's honor. I don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not going to. So he takes a nap, and then he stumbles eeny, back meeny, down <laughs> into the kitchen. Catch a devil by the toe. Yells that he has to go to the wedding. It's the only way I can save my soul. <laughs> it's the sexual event of the season. <laughs> what will they say if I don't show? Uh, she says, no, you're not going, you're too sick, you won't even take your medicine. And he says, because you're trying to poison me. I have the devil in me, and you're trying to kill the devil. So, uh, Ed realizes he's not going to win this argument, so he lays back down on the cot. Smart man. Danny had to finish some chores. Promised Katie, though, he'd return as soon as they were finished. So as the children played on the floor, Katie stood in front of the sink and began to wash the dishes. Uh... She turned around, and Ed was standing right there, oh, towering over her, which is straight out of a damn horror movie. Yeah. So she says, uh, what's wrong? And he ignores her question, takes two steps back, and then slams his fist directly into her face. Oh. She's immediately knocked to the floor, uh, and she's just pouring blood out of her face. I was with that up until that point right there. So then she asked, why did you do this? And he says, I am the devil. So he's decided, you know what? I'm not hearing the devil's voice. Yeah, I am the devil. He is the devil now. Uh, Ed's... The devil works in mysterious ways. Ed and Katie's young daughter, Mary, begin crying. Oh, yeah, that sucks, man. Their son, Danny, just stood there, didn't know what to do. Uh, Katie said, Danny, go get Uncle Dan. Tell him Daddy is sick. Hurry. So Danny takes off running out the front door. 
uh, leaving his mother bleeding on the floor at his father's feet. Uh, the other kids too are too afraid to run. They just stand there and yeah. watch. So Danny takes off. He's running through the snow to get to Uncle Danny's house. He uh, goes in the front door and yells, Dad- Daddy isn't feeling good. Uh, the uh, Mom can't take a punch. Uncle Danny didn't even bother. Like, he just said, like, he just grabs the nephew and they take off back. Because yeah. he doesn't, he knows shit's going down. So when Danny went inside his brother's house, uh, he was n- overwhelmed with terror. Katie was laying stretched out and motionless on the floor. Ed had her pinned down with his knees and was madly pounding her in the face with his fist. Jesus. So Ed's brother screams, what are you doing? Get off of her. Ed stood up cool. Ed stood up and coolly replied, this is what she deserves. Damn. He then lifted up his right foot and stomped it down on Katie's face as hard as he could. Blood splattered all over the room and Ed paused momentarily before dropping back down and resuming punching her in the face. Danny lunged at Ed, knocked him off Katie. The two men wrestled on the floor uh, before they both jumped back up. And the look on Ed's face told Danny that he was going to be nixed if he didn't get out of the house. So Danny ran out of the house, mounts his mare, and quickly rides to the closest English farm to call 911. So uh, he gets to the house. uh, He asks to use the telephone. He dials 911. Um... The operator asks, what's your emergency? And he says, a murder is being occurred. My brother is killing his wife. Uh, gives him the address. Uh, and Danny says, I'll meet you at the Sturgis and Frisbee Town intersection and lead you there. So You'll recognize me by my mayor. <laughs> so following the brief scuffle with Danny, Ed, uh, left alone with the kids oh, and Katie, Pulls on his work boots, walks back over to Katie, and begins crushing his foot down on her head. Puts his work boots on. Mm -hmm. Jesus. His two young children could only stand there and stare on in horror. Uh, The right side of Katie's face had caved in, and her brains were spilling out onto the floor. After a few minutes, Ed drops to his knees, undresses Katie's body. Uh, Once all of her clothes were removed, he took a steak knife from the kitchen and used it to make a seven-inch incision in her lower abdomen. Abdomen. Through the incision, Ed reached his hands up inside Katie's body cavity and removed her lungs, kidneys, stomach, liver, spleen, bladder, uterus, and heart, s- stacked them all up in a pile next to her body, and then stuck the knife into the top of them. He then stood up, admired his work, washed himself up, uh, threw the Bible into the fireplace, and told the children to put their coats on. I'm taking you to granddad's, he said. And then I'm coming back to burn the house down. So, the uh, the paramedics and everybody meet at the intersection. Uh, the police tell, or they're told not to enter Ed's house until the state police arrived. So that took a while. So, as the sun is setting and the paramedics are de- like waiting to go in, because that's yeah. what they've been ordered to do. Uh, Ed is spotted walking down the roads towards them. He was carrying a little girl and leading a small boy by the hand. As Ed approached, one of the paramedics spoke up. Where are you heading? I'm going to my dad's house, Ed replied. Where's your wife? And Ed just replies, you wouldn't understand. So since Ed was no longer in the house, the paramedics decided that one of them would follow Ed while the other one went up to the house. Uh, So the paramedics were immediately struck by the odor of death as they stepped inside. Upon entering the kitchen, they stood speechless. Open, Jesus. Yeah, 
Uh, there's, of course, nothing they can do. She yeah. is dead. So, this uh, is, I shouldn't even, <laughs> did they, like, try to massage her feet? <laughs> if Dr. L was there, <laughs> he would have just been, this like. This is just the most awful shit I've ever he heard. He would have poured a bottle of black strap and, <laughs> and then massaged it into her and then just waited. Oh, And then God. he would have been dumbfounded that she yeah. didn't come back to life. <laughs> Jesus, that guy's a maniac. So, Pennsylvania State Police Trooper Robert Rouse uh, was the first officer to arrive at the intersection. As uh, Dan explains to the officer what had happened, Ed walks over and speaks up. I'm the bad man you're looking for. Uh, Trooper Rouse took Ed by the arm and placed him in the backseat of his patrol car. After the officer called him for backup, he asked Ed to step out of the car and remove his boots and coat. Uh, As Ed took off his coat, a bloody chunk of flesh fell out of his sleeve and landed on the officer's foot. The officer then commanded Ed to get back into the car. What the fuck? He had part of her... Still in his coat. So within an hour of Katie's murder, homicide detectives, crime scene investigators, and members of the media were swarming all over the Brown Hill settlement. Uh, Nearly all of the Amish families and visitors were still at the wedding reception and were unaware of the events unfolding around them. After giving a statement to the investigators, Ed's brother walked slowly to the home where the reception was being held. As he walked inside, uh, he said, Can I have your attention? Ed Gingerich just killed Katie. He killed his wife. Following the crime scene investigation, detectives interviewed Ed back at the police uh, station. Um, After being read his Miranda rights, Ed signed a waiver from uh, Lord Willing. Ed signed a waiver form, Lord Willing. So I guess... Uh, agreed to everything or whatever. Probably, yeah, probably just like, gave up any rights. Yeah. Or... Uh, the initial session was unrecorded, and afterwards Ed was driven to Cambridge Springs and arraigned. By 1 o'clock in the morning, the men were back in the interrogation room, and a tape recorder was placed in front of Ed. The recorder was turned on. I hope they beat the shit out of him. For that, like, time in between. Yeah. The recorder was turned on, and one of the investigators began speaking. Ed, do you know what a tape recorder is? Uh-huh. I explained to you, and I read you, that form that says you have the right to remain silent and whatnot. You remember that? Do you understand? Ed stared at the investigator and then shook his head no. You don't understand. You understand that stuff you say can be held against you about what on a day. Do you understand that? How do you mean, says Ed. Well, things that you say can be held against you in a court of law. Do you understand? Yeah, and religion. Law and religion. And you have the right to an attorney. You understand what an attorney is? Yeah. So you understand that. Yeah, but in our religion, we would, not have, we would not have done that. We have to go by the law, and the law says I have to tell you this. Do you understand? No. You have the right to an attorney. You understand that. Yeah. What I'm thinking, my mind is confused. I'm going to tell you that right now. But the reason we don't use the number, the Social Security number, because of the beast. The beast somewhere, the computer. In fact, we can feel it track our minds. Ed was clearly out of his damn mind yeah, at this time. He flipped. Um, so the, uh, interrogators try to get him back on track. Again, they asked, do you understand what the paper was that you signed? And he says, yeah. Uh, he goes, okay, I want to try and understand this exactly how it happened. Why did you kill Katie? Uh, Ed said, uh, for some reason, I think we can still save her though. And wow. they reply back, no, we cannot save her. Katie is dead. You know that she's dead. And he says, yeah, I know. Why did I kill her, though? Uh, and he goes, why did I kill her? Well, because I thought it was a gain. And they said, a gain for who? 
and he says, a gain for us people. They say, for all of the people? Yeah, not just for my people, for all of the people. And they said, why? And he says, because if I can get back on track, it will come yet. And the officer says, maybe you can explain to me why you felt that you had to remove Katie's brain and work your way from the brain down? Explain that to me. And then he says, oh, you know, how we, the human beings were made? And the investigator says, yeah, from the top down. And he says, yeah, that's right. I had in my mind that if I work from the top down, and then he stopped and he says, I'm so lost, I don't know what to say. So the remainder of the interrogation lasted about an hour. Uh, Ed tried his best to describe the murder and his problems prior to the murder. Most of his statements, though, were bizarre and incomprehensible. Regardless of how it turned out, the investigators were happy and considered the case closed. Uh, he was taken to the Crawford County Jail around 2 in the morning and placed in a ho- holding cell. Following an autopsy, Katie's remains were delivered to Ed's father's house. Uh, normally, an Amish wake is held at the deceased's residence. However, due to the circumstances surrounding her death, yeah. it was decided that it, it would be best held at Ed's father's house. So while the men saw to the digging of Katie's grave, her mother and sisters took it upon themselves to wash and prepare Katie's body. Uh, rather than dress oh, her in a wedding sense. gown, yeah, Katie's body was wrapped in black linen and placed in a pine coffin. Uh, the coffin was then bridged across two chairs for the eventual viewing the following day. As preparations for Katie's funeral were taking place, Ed was moved from the jail to a state mental hospital in North Warren, Pennsylvania, for a psychiatric evaluation. During the move, Ed suspected that the officers were taking him to the woods to shoot him and argued with them briefly before finally agreeing to cooperate. So he probably was like, at first, not wanting to get shot. Then he was yeah. like, you know what, if that's what you're going to do, fucking do, do it. it. Um, I have to worry about that when I'm riding with somebody and we're going somewhere. I'm like, they're just going to pull off into the woods somewhere. Well, like, especially me. when we're out on a back road somewhere yeah. and the person driving just keeps listening to Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just getting more and more pissed off. Talk in the about a nightmare. Um, and it's, it's just this guy I don't know, and like you know, I'm probably gonna fight him on a back road somewhere <laughs> if he doesn't just fucking get us back to where we started. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So, uh, inside story. Over 200 friends and family members uh, gathered to pay their respects to Katie. Um, following the burial. Everyone had gathered back at the elder Gingerich's farm for a funeral dinner. Uh, That evening, at the request of Danny Gingerich, Katie and Ed's families gathered in the living room at Ed's house. The horror which Danny had witnessed was eating him up inside, and he had to get it off his chest. As everyone gathered around, Danny recounted the events that had transpired in the house just days earlier. Uh, Danny felt terrible about leaving Katie and the children behind to seek help, and he wanted everyone to understand why. Danny told those in attendance that just prior to running out of the house, he saw a figure next to Ed, which terrified him. Uh, Someone asked him what he saw, and he said, Standing right next to Ed, in the flesh, I saw Satan himself. Uh, The devil was standing right next to Ed. So, you know, uh, that's whatever you need to cope with. Yeah. uh, I mean, that had to have been a horrific scene to stumble upon. Yeah. And see him just stomp her fucking face, man. Jeez. Um, And, like, they, you know, he said that the. He tackled him, and when they stood back up, he could tell just by the way Ed was looking at him. Like, oh, he's going to fucking kill me. Yeah. Um, So. Heartwarming tell, man. Sheesh. So even though insanity insanity defenses have a very low success rate in the United States, Ed's attorneys were busy laying the groundwork for such a defense. 
uh, in establishing why Ed was insane, the attorneys considered two possibilities. Ed's psychosis was a result of Amish inbreeding, or his brain had been damaged by the prolonged exposure to the toxic fo- fumes from that stuff he oh. used called gunk. Yeah. Uh, in his in his mechanic workshop. In his iron work. His iron work. <laughs> so on October second, nineteen ninety three, Ed's attorneys uh, at a routine pretrial discovery That's hearing. Too much br- brutality. <laughs> right. I well, mean, I mean, like putting your boots on too. Yeah. Like he knew. What He's, was happening? Yeah, he stopped. Like, how can I make this worse? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Uh, like, how can I protect my feet from getting hurt? Doctor <laughs> oh, is not going to enjoy that I did yeah. this without yeah. my feet. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, all that hard work. <laughs> so, yeah, Ed's attorneys are trying to prepare the uh, insanity defense in January. Dr. Lawson F. Bernstein Jr., a professor of psychiatry at the University of Pittsburgh, was hired by the defense. Following his review of Ed's confession and a one-on-one interview with the defendant, Dr. Bernstein determined that Ed lacked the mental capacity to appreciate the nature of his act and therefore could not discern right from wrong. Uh, As the defense team worked to build their insanity defense, the prosecution was busy seeking experts of its own to debunk the plea. In February, the prosecution sent the psychiatric reports to Dr. Philip J. Resnick, a professor of psychiatry at... Uh, in Cleveland. The result, however, was not good. In a March letter to the prosecution, Dr. Resnick wrote, It is my opinion that the authors of the reports had a reasonable basis for concluding that Mr. Gingerich was severely ill and did not know the wrongfulness of killing his wife at the time of the homicide. So with the trial date approaching, the prosecution offered the defense a plea bargain. They would accept a plea of mentally ill, but guilty of murder in the third degree in exchange for a sentence of 10 years. Ed would then be eligible for parole after serving just five years behind bars. What? Nonetheless, the defense felt that the prosecution would lose their case at trial and declined the offer. The defense, however, was unaware that a monkey wrench was about to be thrown into their plans. Ed's attorneys had taken it for granted that his family would be willing to stand behind him and testify on his behalf. And the prosecution had done... How could anyone testify on that behalf after what he did? Uh, However, the Amish community treated both the defense and prosecution with hostility, and every member refused to testify testify unless subpoenaed by the court. Uh, And they said, now testify! So on the morning of March 24th, 1994, at the Crawford County Courthouse in Meadville, Pennsylvania, I've wrestled there, not the courthouse, but in Meadville, the trial of Edward D. Gingerich began. Uh, whether anyone at the time realized it or not, this was a precedent-setting event and would mark the first Amish murder trial in United States judicial history. Uh, head prosecutor Douglas Ferguson opened with a brief ad- address consisting of the events leading up to the Katie's death and Ed's arrest. Uh, he stressed to the jury that Ed was not legally insane at the time of the murder and should not be excused for his actions. Donald E. Lewis, appointed by the court to represent Ed, was one of the most successful criminal defense attorneys in the region and wasted little time getting directly to the point as he took the lectern. Uh, We are here to hear testimony that will stay with us forever. I am honored to be able to represent Edward Ginger Rich to protect his rights during this traumatic time in his life. Together we will search for the truth because that is what a trial is about. A search for the truth. 
And then he patted his sweaty head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lewis went on to describe Ed's exposure to the gunk fumes and his lengthy mental illness. Following Lewis's opening speech, the court declared a 10-minute recess so the prosecution could prepare. As the jury filed back into the courtroom, they were greeted by the Commonwealth's first exhibit, a childlike drawing depicting Katie's corpse produced specially for the jury. The prosecution had made a dire misjudgment in keeping the crime scene photos from the jury. So instead of seeing the actual pictures, uh-huh. they draw like some shitty animate, like I, in my head, I'm imagining like a stick figure yeah. and like little circles with like <laughs> representing the organs. Like, yeah. so yeah, the, the, the jury never sees like what actually happened. Uh, uh because you, I mean, you imagine if the jury sees the pictures, oh, there's yeah. no fucking way they're not prosecuting that guy. Yeah, how do you know? Or convicting him. Uh, the pros- that would be like if I was the, the, the prosecutor, I would just show that. Yeah, like here's what happened. Bring a watermelon in and stomp it. And or like, that. That's like that guy on the TikTok that does something and then like puts his hands out. Yeah. Like, well, on the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly are middle aged. <laughs> I mean, I just say that. Oh, man. Keeping the name of the show alive. Yeah. So the prosecution's first witness was (laughs) Dr. Carl Williams, a forensic pathologist from Elwood City, Pennsylvania. Uh, Even though he had not performed Katie's autopsy, he was called to testify to the reports. The doctor who performed the actual autopsy had since left the county to work another state. The fact that the prosecution did not bother to bring in the doctor who actually did the uh, autopsy was another disturbing blunder on their part. This error, in combination with the childlike drawing, suggested that the prosecution placed little importance on their evidence. Following Dr. Williams' explanation of the autopsy report, Dr. Rell, wearing a blue suit, five-gallon Stetson hat, and cowboy boots, was called to the stand and questioned about the day of Katie's murder. Uh, the prosecutor, I believe, or the... Uh, I think it's the prosecutor, asked, did you treat him on that occasion, uh, the day of Katie's murder? Yes, I adjusted the patient's head. How did you do that? I manipulated the scalp. Oh. Did Ed appear different that day? No. He was acting normal. Yes. You saw no signs of mental illness. No. I have no further questions. Uh, then the defense cross-examined Dr. L. How long have you been treating the defendant? Several years, Terrell replied. You were treating him for for emotional problems? Yes. And what was your diagnosis? He had a virus in his brain. (laughs) Uh, They they questioned him. Are you a psychiatrist? No. Are you a medical doctor? No. Are you a psychologist? No. Then why were you treating Ed for depression? Because he complained about it. (laughs) And they said because he... It's a hobby. Because he complained about it. Yeah. You were treating Ed for emotional problems. Yeah. I have no further questions for you. <laughs> you! So while Dr. L did little to help the prosecution, they were certain their next witness would turn things in their favor. Their next witness was Katie's mother, Emma Shetler. She had been subpoenaed, so she showed up. Uh, as she made her way to the stand, Ed began to cry. So Ferguson asks her, how did the defendant and his wife, the victim, get along? She says, I don't know how to answer that. Okay, well, when was the last time you saw the defendant before Katie's death? He was putting up ice. At your house? Yes. Did you notice anything unusual about him? No. Ferguson asked a few more questions and then turned Emma over to the defense. And they didn't bother cross-examining because she didn't offer anything. So uh, 
Danny Gingerich was the next witness called by the prosecution. During his testimony, he chronicled the events that took place the day of Katie's death and was asked to read the statement he had given to the police on the night of her murder. On cross-examination, the defense questioned Dan about his brother's mental problems and their trip to Jacob Troyer's, the healer, his home. Uh, following Danny's testimony, the prosecution called an English sawmill customer to testify to Ed's state of mind uh, and the two Pennsylvania State Troopers to recount the events following Ed's arrest and confession. With all the testimony complete, Prosecutor Ferguson announced that the Commonwealth had rested its case. Uh, Don Lewis of the defense could not believe what he was hearing. The prosecution did not bother to produce one psychiatrist to testify to Ed's sanity. They didn't produce a toxicologist to debunk the gunk theory or any of the Mill Village paramedics to describe the horrid crime scene. The jury was left with very little knowledge of who Katie was and how she had suffered. The basis for Ed's defense relied heavily on proving that he was in a severe mental state while committing his crime. To do this, Don Lewis replied, relied upon testimony from Dr. Bernstein and Dr. John Spikes, a toxicologist from Philly. Dr. Spikes testified that the gunk fumes had caused organic brain syndrome, a condition which existed at the time of Katie's murder. Uh, Douglas Ferguson's cross-examination of Dr. Spike was about as comprehensive as the case he had earlier presented. Have you ever spoken to the defendant, Ferguson asked. No, Dr. Spikes replied. Did you question anybody who saw the defendant on the day of the killing? No. Then everything you know about the defendant has come from Attorney Lewis. Yes. Do you know if the defendant uses other products besides gunk to clean engines? No. Do some furniture polishing products contain the same chemicals? Yeah, all things are toxic, some more than others. Are skin rashes always a symptom? No, but often... The organs remain affected after the chemicals have passed through the system. Ferguson announced he has no further questions. So once again, they don't really get any information. Yeah. By the end of the defense's case, they had put 14 witnesses before the jury, twice as many as the prosecution. So Don Lewis was the first to present closing arguments. Facing the jury, he began, One who has been responsible all his life doesn't do something like this. Uh, the prosecutors say that Ed Gingerich knew what he was doing when he killed his wife, Katie. They ask you to believe that this Amish man had killed his wife because she told him he couldn't go to a wedding. There is one issue in this case. What was the defendant's mental condition at the time of Katie Gingerich's death? What was in his mind? What was his intent? In closing, Lewis pointed out the lack of professional testimony by the prosecution and the apparent weakness of the case they presented. Uh... Following closing arguments, the judge explained the difference between degrees of murder and explained the definition of insanity. The jury was then released for deliberations. They deliberated for hours before informing the court they had reached a decision. Uh, the judge asked them if they had reached a verdict. We have, Your Honor. The jury foreman replied as they handed over the verdict slip. Uh, the judge read the slip and handed it back over to the jury foreman. foreman. Ed was then asked to rise and face the jury. In the case of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania versus... I'm on the edge of my seat! Versus Edward D. Gingerich... Yeah? ...on the charge of criminal homicide... Yeah? How do you find? We find the defendant... Yeah. ...Edward D. Gingerich... What? ...guilty... Yes! ...of involuntary manslaughter, but... Oh? ...mentally ill. After the verdict was read, the judge set the sentencing for May 2nd, 94, and adjourned. Uh... So, the sentencing hearing for Edward Gingerich was held on May 2nd, following the uh, 
psychiatric evaluation, the prosecution shocked everyone present by handing Bishop Shetler's petition. Uh, the bishop had wrote a petition um, asking that they keep Ed in the Warren County Mental Ward for good. So um, they defense had presumed the hearing would be routine and were not prepared for Ed's own people to stake, take such a strong stance against them. Upon reviewing the information presented to him and listening to statements from both sides, the judge asked Ed if he had anything to say on his behalf. Ed stood up and said, All I can say is, I'm sorry to all the community that this has happened. He then returned to his seat. Following Ed's brief statement to the court, he was sentenced to a minimum term of two and a half years and a maximum of five years with credit for time served. Fuck out of here! Since his May 19th, 1993 incarceration. Is hence, he all right now? Hence... Ed would be eligible for parole by late 95. While the defense team was upset with the verdict, even though I don't know what war you fucking expect, yeah. they also knew it could have been much worse. A week after Ed's sentencing on May 9th, 1994, Katie's father got up from dinner, told everyone that he wished he could see his daughter, went to bed, and never woke up. Damn. A few days later, he was buried next to Katie. He died from a broken heart. It does sound that way. In November of 1994, Ed claimed to have a visit from God. He was granted forgiveness for his crimes. That's nice of God. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ed wrote about his experiences soon after it occurred. It makes me feel like singing and to shoot for joy. I do not shout. Oh, he meant shout. Yeah. I do not shout because of my surroundings, but I do sing something I have not felt like or done in these last perilous few years. Edward Gingrich was denied his first bid for parole in December 95. However, on March 19, 1998, at the age of 34, and having served his full sentence, he was released from the State Correctional Institution oh my God. in Cambridge Springs, Pennsylvania. They should have cut his feet off. He was not welcome back in Brown Hill. No? So he moved People into, remembered. He moved into uh, Harmony Haven in Michigan, which is a community for troubled Amish. Troubled. <laughs> At the time of this writing, which is where I'm getting the story from, the writing is, uh, he works. He lives there and works in a local machine shop. Let's go. Ed's parents continue to care for his children. Uh, many in the community claim that Ed is not a threat. However, uh, many in the community are afraid of him still. It has been reported by those close to him that he has had several relapses since his release and has displayed his old personality on those occasions. However, I have an update. Since this has been written. Uh-huh. So in January of 2011, Gingerich was found hanged in a barn oh. in Cambridge Springs, Pennsylvania, oh. where he had been living with his attorney. He wrote, forgive me, please, in dust atop a bucket before dying from suicide. That is the story of Edward Gingerich. I hope someone stomped his fucking head in yeah. when they found him. I kind of hope somebody hung him. Yeah. Like, I, not yeah. a suicide, but. That's a, that guy's a real dick. So two, like. Stomps his wife's head in, and he gets five years. Do they just not give a fuck about the Amish? I, I mean, that's there's insane. people that had like an ounce of pot on them. Yeah, yeah. Who, who are still in prison because of it? This, this guy stops, puts boots on, mm-hmm. goes back, cuts, cuts out her open in front of his children. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck are the children like now? Like, let's go ahead and say, yeah, he was mentally ill. But he should have been kept in a goddamn yeah. institution for the rest of his yeah. life. So, yeah, pretty, uh, I mean, Dr. Rell probably should be, like, 
something should happen to that guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know what. Put a warning on molasses. Some, I guess he wasn't technically doing anything. Like well, if, they, that, Yeah, he wasn't, like, going to them and forcing them. They kept coming to yeah, him. Yeah, I guess if people come to you and be like, he'll give you money for your bullshit foot massages <laughs> over and over again, then. Uh, yeah, so pretty crazy, crazy. First Amish uh, homicide. Well, first one where there was an arrest. Who knows if it happens more often, yeah. but. You know, I don't think it's a common thing. If you're out there and you're Amish and, you know, don't kill people. Yeah. You know, just... Just be cool, keep man. Keep doing what you're doing. Just be cool. <laughs> so, I think we could probably all learn, take a lesson or two from the Amish. Yeah. Uh, and the way that they live and, you know, only one murder that's highly publicized in however many years. So, happy note to end on there. Yeah. He he did he die. He did. He did. He did. All right. Well, that was uh, that was our that was our first two parter in a while. Yeah, it was dark. <laughs> it got real dark. Like, real there was like no murder in the first one, and a lot of murder. Yeah, it's only one murder, like but one man. horrific murder. Yeah, that's fucked up. Anything else? I'm just kind of dumbfounded s- over the short <laughs> prison term. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we. I'm be just back. dumbfounded. We'll be back soon. Okay, I'll uh, still be dumbfounded. Yeah, Joel will remain dumbfounded. We'll be back soon. Don't forget May 14th, Marietta, oh, Ohio. Yeah. Don't f- I forgot. Quality Inn? Yep. Yeah, Quality Inn. 7, seven o'clock seven until o'clock. question mark. Comedy and karaoke. Do the $10, you know, there's a suggestion of $10 yeah. at the door. Go ahead and do the $10. Do the or I'll buy some things. Yeah, whatever they're going to be doing there. Uh, keep a eye out on our social media for I'll post the uh-huh. link to the uh, Tripped Up Trivia Keep an ear open for my voice out in public. Yes. Make it awkward. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And until next time, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you all later. Bye.